Welcome to It's Ms. Max Health and Culture. Health is a way of living and the mindset. Culture is a way of being and honoring who we are as a people. Fuse it together for a way of vibing. Take this journey with me. I'll see you inside. family. It's Maxine from Ismis Max Health and Culture, where health is a way of living and culture is a way of being. I thank you so much for joining us today. And I can't start without giving Miss Cindy Ashby a special shout out. Super producer Cindy Ashby, of course, without you, none of this would ever be possible. Please support my sister at dollar sign at the cash app on the wake up radio. She's out there working hard for us on the ones and twos. And you can always catch the replays. If you're not here live or you miss the live for whatever reason, don't worry about it. You can always catch the replays on SoundCloud, iHeart Radio, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But we prefer that you come sign up with otw2.com. And of course, listen to our live radio at onthewakeupradio.com. And if you would like to just chime in on this topic today, uh, you can give us a call at 844-818-4433. That phone number again is 844-818-4433. And without further ado, let's get into it. So today's topic that I want to get into is we're going to talk about death. The one thing that nobody ever wants to talk about or deal with. And what made me come to this conclusion to talk about passing away and death is because yesterday I had to attend a funeral of a woman who was the epitome of a virtuous woman. Uh, she was in my life, basically all my life, helped to help me with my children. She was my mom's best friend, but to us, I call her an aunt. And so at her service yesterday, I had the honor to be able to read a passage about her being the, a virtuous woman in Proverbs and that she was. Everything was so fitting. She was a, the cook. She watched kids. She was a faithful wife. She, she doted on her children. She doted on our children. And so this woman left behind legacy. And that was the point that I said, yes, this is what I am talking about. What are we actually really leaving behind? Now, before her passing, what made it tough was her, her daughter's, um, well, I, I'll say her daughter's boyfriend, his daughter died two weeks right before that. So my poor cousin had two deaths to deal with at one time. It, it has been a roller coaster this past couple of months. And it had me raising a lot of questions now that I think more about death as I get older. It's not easy. Death is never easy to talk about, but I had a lot of race questions and I've been thinking about it often. And especially in this past couple of years where we're losing a lot more people. When I was growing up younger, when I was younger, um, you thought only the older people died. And so you went to those funerals, but times have changed so much that pe young people are passing away, babies are passing away. So there's no order anymore. And the question that I wanted to get into is how does the death make you feel? 
how are people really, really coping with death, whether it happened recently, whether it happened 10 years ago, how are you coping? And the feelings that people are dealing with and how are people reacting to those deaths? So I just wanted to read a passage. I'm not getting religious here, but I thought this passage was very fitting because I think that it's very poetic. And it says, this is from the book of Ecclesiastics. And it says, a good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. And the day you die is better than the day you are born. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. And for sadness has a refining influence on us. A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. That is powerful. That's a powerful statement. And what that says to me is, okay, so when we're younger, we're out living life, we're all trying to make it in this world. But we also have to understand that as we get older, we need to shift our thinking. We need to shift our process in the way we think about our mortality. And the question I have is, what are you doing to make sure that you are making a legacy? When I think about, you know, and her name was Miss Janice, God bless Miss Janice, and I, I love her dearly, and, and she will truly be missed. But what are you actually doing in your life to build legacy? And are you trying to build less legacy? Are you thinking about it? Some people may not even be thinking about it. Like they said, more people are thinking about partying than they actually are thinking about death. And it's one thing that we, me and my mom do talk about in this household. I'm going through a phase right now where um, a majority of my friends have lost both of their parents. So far, I am blessed. I have both my mother and my father still here with me. They are healthy. My father still travels out the country. You know, my mom, she still cooks and do things around the house. So I, I'm very blessed. But at the same time, it's a discussion that we have to have. And so yesterday after the service, uh, I got to have a conversation with my dad. Now, the I'll give you a little background. So my dad growing up, uh, when I was 10 years old, my dad left the household. He left. He moved out the country. I was 10. My brother was six. My sister was four. My mom was a housewife. And my dad decided that he wanted to move out the country and have a life. And he wanted all of us to go with him. So he basically gave my mom this ultimatum and told her, like, well, if you don't come with me, you know, peace out. And he put her in a position where she had to scratch and find a way to make a living and take care of us. I mean, everything just crashed down at one time. Right. And so with that said, I held a lot of resentment over the years because it put me in a position as a, as a 10 year old child to now have to step up and help to take care of my brother and sister. And um, there was a lot of hostility in the household. A lot of things were going on. So it was very tough. None of this that my father ever really knew about, nor did he ever care to ask. And you got to think back to during those times of the generation, they didn't, you didn't get to say how you feel. You didn't get to express your feelings and, and your thoughts. But I believe that yesterday when I spoke with my dad, for whatever reason, he wanted to have this conversation and have this topic. But what, well, let me see. He wanted to have this conversation, but how he started off the conversation was he was blaming my mom. Your, your mom left me. And I didn't really delve into that. But then I told my dad this. I had to let him know. I said, Dad, 
I said, let me tell you something. I said, when you left, I said, that was tough. I was angry. I was angry at you. And I said, but you know what? I said, I had to learn to forgive you. I said, because what is the use of being angry? You're not going to care how I feel. <laughs> I mean, that, you know what I'm saying? He's not thinking about that. He feels that he made the right decision. That's why he started off the conversation. Your mom left me, you know, so that way he can justify his actions. But I had to let him know where I was coming from and what I was feeling. So I said, dad, you know, listen, I don't hold any resentment. I said, and I, I could tell you for a fact, and as a result of that, you end up being a blessing to me at some point, And I end up being a blessing to you. And I said, and I think this is very important because God forbid you're not here today, tomorrow, I'm sorry, today, tomorrow, that we had this conversation. And I think he just wanted me to know when he was talking that how he felt about us. Like he explained to me some things I never knew. He said, look, my mom didn't treat us the best growing up. So I didn't want to be that way with my own children, even though he walked out and left us. But one thing when he came back, I can say the testament that is true is that my dad was very good at making sure that all his children knew one another. So he had, I have an older sister. I have an older brother, older sister. Then there's me, my brother, my sister with my dad. And then when him and my mom, um, divorce. He got remarried. And then he had another set of three children. Well, we are all pretty much kumbaya. Not my other siblings, I don't see as much anymore. But when we see each other, it's nothing but love. And the reason why I'm bringing this up this way is because people need to understand that there's some things, there's some checks and balances, there's some checks and bounces. And there's some things that we need to deal with. Can't be at the party. We can't be at the party. We have to be able to have these discussions. So God forbid my dad goes to, goes tomorrow. I can say in my heart that I will not have guilt. I don't have guilt in my heart. I don't have guilt that I have. I don't have any resentment towards him. I don't have any resentment towards my mom because she was going through a tough time. I forgave. But guess what? It takes work to get to that level. And this is the thing when I read that scripture talks about, like at some point you got to shift your thinking, you got to shift your mindset. But here are the other questions that I have. What about those who are dealing with guilt for those who have passed away? If you had a loved one, if you felt guilt, maybe you felt you didn't visit your mom enough or you didn't visit your dad enough, or maybe you felt like you didn't do enough and you don't think about it at the time until the person is gone because now you can't do a do-over. Look, death is infinite. That's it. Once they're gone, there's no do-overs. And I think that really messes with a lot of people's mind. And that's just one phase of death. I'm just talking about losing parents and losing them naturally. We need to work on creating a legacy. We need to work on creating a legacy and making sure that I always say working to be the best version of ourselves. But let me go on to some other type of death because deaths range from so many things. What happens when you're a mom and you lose a child? Now I'm going to kind of flip the script there because we know that sometimes the order of life is that is out of order where the child may go before the parents. And that is a tough one to deal with. I have unfortunately gone to several of those type of funerals. What do you say? to those people if you have never lost a child. And I think that's the other part where I want to get into is that 
when we think about death and we think about how it affects us, we instantly want to, you know, self-preserve ourselves and say, well, this is, you know, get over it. We want to tell people, get over it, be strong. We want to tell them, you know what, this will pass. Or we, we even order people not to grieve for a long period of time, which are, is all wrong. Those are not the things that we should be telling people unless you yourself have ever lost a child. You are in no position to tell anybody how they should feel. You are in no position. I say that for myself too. I am in no position to tell anyone how to feel. In fact, I had even been stumped on what to say. The only thing that you can say is, I'm so sorry. I cannot understand how you may feel, but I'm here for you. And just know whatever you need, I got you. You want to talk about it. That's sometimes that's just enough. But please don't get into the into the habit of ordering people. I know many people have done that because that you think that you're helping them, but really people, it's an uncomfortable situation that people are in. And so they have a hard time talking about it, a hard time dealing with it. I'm gonna tell you another thing, um, going back to the service yesterday that the pastor talked about, which the pastor herself also was a person that um, this woman helped to raise and be in her life. You know, that was, that was a, a beautiful touch. But she said something very important. She says, someone came to her and says, I wonder, am I going to be an I or an E in a person's life? And she's like, what do you mean by that? She says, what I mean is, am I, when, when I pass away, is the person or the people that are living, are they going to feel better for me being in their life or are they going to feel bitter? I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. But then I do think, and I said, that's a great perspective. I love the way she said it that way, because when I think about it, I wonder the same thing. When people pass away that were in my life, I always like to do a summary of how that person made me feel. How did they make me feel when they were, were here on this earth? How did they make me feel good? And sometimes it was, sometimes I'm like, oh, that person wasn't in my life that way. But someone like the person that passed away yesterday, yeah, she was very influential in my life. So I felt sadness, but happiness at the same time, because guess what? It taught me the relationship that she had, that that woman had with my mom, how they were so unselfish and giving. My mom is the same way. They used to um, bring food to each other's homes. This is the other things that we need to pay attention to, family, because we need to carry on those same legacies. And we had that conversation. And what's happening is that these people are passing away and we're not carrying on shit. We need to be better. <laughs> we got to be better at that because we're like, you know, my family is Belizean. So we're like, OK, who's going to cook the rice and beans now? Who's going to cook the chicken? Who's going to make the potato salad? Everybody can do a little bit so we can all put it together because we can't let certain things die. But when I saw how the, those women's friendship and relationship was, it was a very selfless relationship. They really loved one another. We should all be so blessed to have that type of friendship. I've had people come and go in my life, and I've never had a friendship to that level. The, they had friendships from the time they were 15 years old. I would feel so blessed to have that type of friendship. So these are the things that we need to talk about. 
when we talk about um, leaving behind loved ones. But going back, when we talk about, like I said, when you leave, lose someone tragically, when you lose a person tragically, that sets a whole nother mindset. What do you say? What do you do? How did that make you feel? And again, we're still going back to the core. How was that person in your life? How did that person affect you? Whether it's natural or tragic, either way, the, look, the commonality is, is that you had a kinship or, per, or you had a relationship with this person. How did you treat them? What was the last thing you said to them? When was the last time you spoke to them? Did you put them off? Did you tell them you loved them? Did you have an argument? And I'm going to tell you something, what I've learned is that it's very important. Last words are very, very important. I love the tongue is something else. You got to be very, very careful about the things that you say to people because you never know if that's going to be the last conversation that you are going to have. You never know if that's going to be the last conversation you're going to have. So we got to be careful about the things that we're saying. And I think that's the other part where guilt comes in because you think about how you spoke to that person. I went to a website called guilt and what is it called? Guilt and grief, coping with guilt. And the majority of the people there talked about how they talked to the person before passing away or how they didn't do enough or how maybe they didn't come visit or how they may have felt, um, how they may have felt about the person. I don't know if you had a, a poor relationship with your mom or your father or whatever that was, or your caregiver or your children, whoever that was. We got to be mindful. That's what I'm saying. That's why that scripture was saying, sometimes we're so busy in life, we're not thinking about the things that we're saying to people because we think that we're going to live here forever. All oh, that, John, we're going to plan this vacation. Aren't we good for that? We're good at planning vacations. Oh, we're going we're gonna to plan for 2025. Thank you for showing that. So yes, it's grief and loss center, rebuilding lives after loss. And you will see a lot of various stories on here where people are carrying guilt. And let me tell you, let me explain something to you, family. Some things are just out of your control. There's nothing you could do. Sometimes you can do everything and still feel like you didn't do enough. And I'm talking to those who know that you have put in and took care of your loved ones and you loved on them, but you might've felt guilty because maybe you guys had a plan to go somewhere. Let's just say, for example, and you had to cancel. And now you start playing this woulda, coulda, shoulda game. That's the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. The woulda, shoulda, coulda said, man, and maybe if I didn't cancel that appointment, maybe if I would have showed up, maybe if we would have changed it from five to seven, you'd still be here. Let me tell you something. You cannot control divine order and the way life works. That's out of our control. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you could have did. Right. You got to talk about the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Don't, please don't carry that. And do you have regrets? Do you feel at peace? Do you feel guilt? And did the death teach you anything? What did you learn from this person's death? What did you learn from them dying? Were you able to resolve any unresolved issues? Did you forgive them? Even if they passed away, if you didn't have time to say how you felt, were you able to at least try to reconcile with yourself or work to get counseling? 
What happened if you had a relationship with a parent that was very turbulent? I had a friend that her, her mom passed away and it was, they didn't even know their mom died. Their mom was dead for a month in her apartment. But the mom didn't want anything to do with the siblings. It was, it was very um, traumatic. It was very traumatic. And I, I said to the sisters, I said, let me explain something to you guys. Cause I got, I knew their mom and I thought that she was one of those beautiful ride to die women, but she was also, you know, she was, she was crazy, but she was a beautiful spirit when I knew her way back when. And I explained to them that your mom has gone through some tragic things that she has never explained to you or talked to you about. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Our parents have gone through things that they don't talk to us about, but we feel the effects of what they're going through. The hurtful part is, is that their mindset wasn't well enough to be able to break the generational curse. Now it's up to us, this generation, to make sure that we break the generational curse or at least try to attempt to make sense and not pass down that same trauma of like that same trauma of legacy you have good legacy and you have bad legacy what are you going to do about it are you going to continue <laughs> that's that's the part that always gets me because i that that always hurts me because i believe that we all have choices and you know they say black folks don't go to therapy if you ever want to know about going, if you don't, you say, okay, I don't have time. People say, I don't have time for therapy. Let me tell you something. There is a website, a podcast called um, Therapy for Black Girls. The sister is a licensed clinical psychologist. And let me tell you, she's got topics from A to Z. I would encourage you to go on to that. So there's no excuses why we can't get the help. I've been doing my work for 30 years, working to get my spirituality right. And I'm glad that I worked, I worked to do it because I couldn't be in this mindset. I couldn't be angry. I can remember a time when I was angry all the time. I was stressed out all the time. It's not a good feeling. And let me tell you something about the circle of life is that whatever you put out into this world, you will get back. People believe that, oh, if I hold on to this anger, I'm hurting that person. But actually what you're really doing is you're blocking your blessings for other children. Other people can't experience your love. You can't say at the same time, I'm such a loving and forgiving person. Everybody loves me. But then you're holding all this resentment. So then who are you giving your blessings to? All you're telling me is that some, well, there's some people out there that's not going to be able to, um, to, to, to be able to receive it because you're holding on to resentment. Death does a lot of things. Let me tell you something, death and funerals, does a lot. Death and funerals. Why is that? Because of emotions, a lot of emotions. But the difference between a funeral and, and, and a wedding, I'm sorry, I said death and weddings. I'm sorry, I meant to say weddings and funerals. Weddings and funerals brings out the most in-depth emotions in people. Weddings, because sometimes the, the marriage may not be convenient for someone else or jealousy, there's a lot of factors. But death, on the other hand, brings out a lot of things because, again, it brings out what really is going on with our mortality. How are we really feeling? How are we really gauging our lives? 
you know, are we being the better version of ourselves? So those are things that I want to talk about. Um, things that you said to them that day, I talked about that. Did you have the good relationship prior to the death? So you can't say that you were fighting with this person your whole life, you know, and then turn around and say, oh, I love them. They were a good person. No, be true to your feelings. If you didn't get along with you and La Uncle Larry, it's okay. Maybe Uncle Larry did some things to you. We know that, look, everybody have these uncles in the house that we grew up with. And the relationships are always, they're not always good. And that's okay. And that is okay. And Cindy, put that back up there again, please, about that death and, death and funerals. I want to read that excerpt because... That's important for people to understand about death and funerals. People, the, the, do you ever go to a funeral and you hear the person hollering the loudest at the funeral? Why is that? Why is that? Because a lot of times we have a lot of unresolved issues. So let me read an excerpt from you. It says, wedding and funerals both bring out family and friends together. Wed weddings usually gather together a wide variety of friends and family members. Funerals typically gather only very close friends and family. Funerals are usually smaller as well as quieter. Weddings are normally more energetic and more fun, right? But then they talked about smaller, intimate. I'm, I'm going to still go back and concentrate on the funerals. Yes, usually intimates are uh, weddings. I'm sorry, funerals are more intimate. But then it also <laughs> brings out a whole lot of drama. It just brings out a whole lot of drama. People are uninvited to the funeral and then they come to the funeral, they come and they act out. I have heard some horrific stories about people showing up to funerals. I have not dealt with that yet, but I've heard the horror stories. What I'm saying today is, is that making sure that we're getting our checks and balances in order. If I am not here tomorrow, I need to know that my children know that I did everything in my power. We have to work to have this comfortable conversation about passing away and death. On the show Insecure this past season, uh, one of the characters who was the lawyer, she was on her parents about creating a trust. And every time she, she really was kind of going to her mom about it. And every time she would go to her mom, her mom was very uncomfortable with it. Why? Because that meant talking about death. And people are very uncomfortable. I'm glad they, they talked about this topic in this past season because it's something that I talked about. I have another podcast called um, Inheritance Theft. But in any case, she was like, mom, listen, please don't leave us with this mess. I was like, oh my gosh, she sounded like me. She said, mom, she was begging her mother, mom, please don't leave us with this mess. Please don't leave it. And I believe at the end, I think the mother did end up doing the trust, but it was like pulling teeth. It was very much like pulling teeth because no one wants to talk about that because what people think that they're thinking like, oh, you're trying to kill me off. You're trying to, you don't want me here anymore. You don't love me. No, mom or dad. That's not why. We need to know that God forbid you're not here anymore. We need to make sure stuff is order in order. I don't want to fight with my brother Larry over here. I don't want to fight with him. Let me read another excerpt for you about grief. Grief is a strong, sometimes overwhelming emotion for people, regardless of whether their sadness stems from the loss of a loved one or from a terminal diagnosis they or someone they love have received. 
So yeah, grief is grief is tough. It's so many different types. What happens when you lose a loved one or losing a loved one who has a terminal illness? I've seen that. But at least with the terminal illness, you have the chance to say what you have to say, as opposed to when you lose someone who has a who who died tragically. My my stepsister died tra died tragically. She died in a car accident and left three small children behind. And I didn't have a chance to say goodbye. However, I did have a good relationship with her. And I end up being the blessing to her children. I did the best that I can. That was my way of showing my love. So why I'm saying this is because imagine if I would have had this, the resentment with my dad that I told you from when he left from way back when. And my heart was hard. And I was still in that low mental vibration of space. I couldn't have showed my kindness and my blessings all those years later. You see how it all works out? This is why it's so important to get it all, to get your ducks in a row. People don't like to talk about life insurance. That has to do with death. Oh, you're trying to kill me off. People don't want to talk about um, putting together a trust or a will. Oh, you're trying to kill me off. No, we're not trying to kill you off. We just want to make sure things are in order. Go talk to some white folks. They make sure stuff is in order. They're not playing. Us, we want to go out here and have a good time. We'll book, you know, uh, concerts and we'll go on vacations and we'll do all the fun stuff, but we will not sit down and have that conversation about death and our feelings. We're not even, that's just, a, well, I'm, that's just the paperwork, but I'm talking about the emotional part of it. I'm talking about the emotional part. I want to focus also on, again, when you're talking to people that had a loss, and yes, people, you know, some of us were blessed. We have people that are in our life that are supporting us, but we've got, we have to be very careful. Um, I had a friend call me the other day and she's like, oh, she didn't know, you know, Miss Janice who had passed away. And so she calls me and she said, oh, I, I, I heard about the mutual friend that she passed away. I said, yes. She said, oh, I'm so sorry for your life. She said, but how did she die? And I was very annoyed by that question because I felt that was rude. Don't do that. Don't, don't ask people how a person died. When a person passes away, just say to them, I'm so sorry for your loss. If you need anything, I'm here for you. It's none of your business how the person died. Now I can understand when it, if, if it, there are various situations, let's just say it, it was a murder, domestic violence. I know there's very, there's different variations, but even then, even then, unless you're willing to do something to support the investigation of the death, you have no right to ask a person how a person died or whatever. If the, if the person wants to be open and be able to speak to you about it, then allow them to do so. Okay. So here's some things that what you can say. I'm so sorry to hear that John has died. You are in my thoughts and prayers. We will all miss Sally. Just giving you the example. She touched so many of our lives. What am I feeling right now is hard to put into words. He was such a creative person and I'm so sorry he died. I too have lost a son, see what I'm saying? And I'm so very sorry. Our love and support will always be here for you. 
and I will keep you in my prayers. Keep it simple. Keep it very simple. Don't ask these people their business. I've seen people even go there. Let me tell you, and I'm going to tell you another part. There are people that go to funerals just to find out how people die and addictive. I know that sounds crazy, but people go to funerals just to, I, this one particular person, I stopped telling her when people die. I would say, you know, and these were people that were friends with me. She would go and find out where the funeral was and go to the funeral. <laughs> what is that? That's a thing that people just show up to funerals. I had a friend that recently passed away. I refuse to tell her. I will not tell her because I don't want her to say, oh, what's her phone number? And then asking and bugging that person because some people don't have boundaries or etiquette. So we got to be very careful when we are supporting people because you got to remember when you're in that moment of dealing with death, that person that you're talking to, emotions are running high. When me and my cousin was planning her mom's funeral, let me tell you, emotions were high and she had two deaths within two, within two weeks. I didn't ask her no extra questions and I've known that girl my whole life. I said, listen, when you want to get together, we can sit down and we can talk about it. And when she wanted to vent about it, then we talked about it. And down the line, if she wants to talk further, then I she will have that option to do so. But I will not invade her space. She's dealing with all these emotions. She's lost her legacy. Her greatest supporter, her greatest cheerleader, who am I to come in and question or ask any questions? All I want to do is how can I help? What can I do? Sometimes we had to reschedule. I said, don't worry about it. We could do it tomorrow. We could do it another day. I got you. And leave it at that. Do not be probing and nosy because guess what? If the situation was different and it happened to you, you wouldn't want anybody probing to you. See, that's the thing. We're very good at dishing it out, but we can't take it. So we got to be mindful when we're thinking about grief and death and, you know, and how we're talking to people. And I'm not going to keep you guys a long time today, but I just wanted to just come in and, and have this conversation because, like I said, it had me thinking about my own mortality. And I think about how those people made me feel. And I thought about you know, I'm so glad that it prompted my dad to have this a conversation with my dad before, God forbid, he passes away, that we're at peace. And that's the whole point, making sure that we are working towards that peace. Why is it such a shock when someone that you know that you really didn't put time into or invest into, and then they pass away, and now you're so shocked and you're grief-stricken when you didn't even do the work to be there because you had other things to do. You were busy. You just took for granted that that person was always going to be there. We think that we're so in control. Why do we think that? Why do we think that we are so in control of everything in our lives? We are not. And I think that is the biggest shocker for people is that because they're so used to being in control that when things like death happens, it's a shock to the system for them. It is definitely a shock to the system for them because for the first time, they are actually having to deal with something that they have no control over. And this is why it's important for us to get our ducks in a row. This is why it's important. 
that we get it together. Do you hear what that verse said? That people would, a fool is saying, would much rather go to a party than to get their ducks in a row and, and have the conversation about death is basically what it's saying. We have to learn to shift our thinking. We have to shift as much as we don't want to, we got to do it. And it could take just a little bit. And this is why we have so much, this is going back to the stress and the anxiety. Why do we have stress? Why do we have anxiety? Why do we have depression? Because we carry a lot. We carry so much. What do you do when you can't express those things to those ones who hurt you in the past? And write a letter to yourself. The forgiveness is not for them, folks. We've heard this time and time again. The forgiveness is not, not for them. The forgiveness is for you. Continue on your journey of life, live the best life, but also be mindful and work on making that extra phone call. Make the effort. You have to make the effort. We're all we got. I'm telling you, we're the next generation up. And if we're not learning anything from this, I feel sorry for those who are not working to be prepared. Because it's uncomfortable, I know, but God forbid I have to go through that. If my mom passed away, which I know one day, well, who knows? Who knows what the order will be? See what I'm saying? I'm saying that if we go in that order, I'm going to say if. If my mom and my father goes, I can know that I work to be the best daughter that I could for them. I probably would have wished that we could have had more conversations. I wish that we knew more, but my presence is what I work on and making sure that I'm being kind and um, loving. I wasn't always that. You got to work on that. You're so You got to work on that type of stuff. Sometimes we're impatient with our parents because we're used to them doing things all the time. And then when they pass away, you took that, you realize that you took that relationship for granted and they're not here anymore. You can't do a do-over. So I just want to say to you, family, I hope this helps someone. And I would just want to know if you would leave in the comments, how are you dealing with death or have you dealt with death? And what are you experiencing? And I hadn't even gone it. Let me say this very quickly too, is that I'll close on this because we know that death brings out a lot of different things in people. And you're going to find that if, especially if you have siblings, you're going to find that you're going to see emotions in your siblings that you probably never even knew they had because they were internalizing the whole time. And now the person is passed away. Sometimes the person that was alive, the parent, I always like to go back to the parent or the family member, whoever was raising you, the buffer is gone. So now they don't have to pretend anymore. So you're going to be prepared. Those things are, are going to come. But I'm talking about focus on yourself because, again, you can't control what anybody else is doing or how they're feeling or whatever. Focus and try. Try to sit down and have the conversation. Try to say, listen, I tried to sit and talk with you. I was hoping we could have a conversation. Try. Because at the end of the day, once that person goes, you guys are going to be in that position where you're going to have to plan that funeral. And you're going to have to work together. As your emotions are running high. So... I just thank you all family for just coming in today, for taking time out of your Saturday and being here. And 
we'll be back again. Okay. So just again, leave a comment. I'd like to know, because like I said, it's a conversation that we really don't get to have. And uh, we should be having more conversations about passing away. Thank you all. Until the next time. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deanne. Cindy Ashley On the wake up. Hi, I'm Maxine for Ministry and Wellness, your health and wellness advocate. Are you having problems relaxing? Maybe feeling a little stressed? You are not alone, but I've got the solution for you. Go to ministryandwellness.com for your alternative solutions to comfort or call me at area code 855 200-2774 to book your free consultation. No question is too small and don't be shy. I'm here to help and look forward to speaking with you. Just get your body to move. Won't stop till we shake the room, yeah. Your body to move. Why do I need to? Why do I need to? Then on the wake up play. Won't stop till they hear what we say. Yeah. Then on the wake up play. Why do I need to? Why do I need to? Just get your body to move. Won't stop till we shake the room. Yeah.